Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. But one of the most important things about Bible study is being able to rightly divide it. Wrong division brings about wrong doctrine. Wrong doctrine affects how you think and live your life as a Christian. Even even if you're saved, you trust Christ. Now you want to try to study his Bible, but you want to rightly divide the word of truth. And that's what we try to do our best here is to rightly divide. And, you know, I make a big deal about you have the church. You have Israel. The church didn't inherit the promises from Israel. It's a complete and separate entity. And so now here comes the law. We need to, uh, we, 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 we talked about um, the, the antinomianism where they don't believe, okay, no law, no expectations from God. We talked about how that's the polar opposite of the legalist. Legalist is the one Biblically speaking, a legalist would be somebody that says you need to do some type of work to merit salvation. Now, on the other hand, and we won't get into this tonight, is some people just mudsling. They just throw a name. They just call you a name. You might be preaching about something that convicts them, um, but instead of letting the Holy Spirit convict them, they'll just call you're just a legalist. That's not really what a legalist is. A legalist is somebody that tells you you've got to do something to earn salvation. And that's just total fooey. Let's look at the law tonight. And the, and the message is entitled, The Law, What It Cannot Do. What It Cannot Do. Get Deuteronomy 27 in Galatians chapter number 3. Deuteronomy 27. And Galatians chapter number three. The law cannot bring you peace. The law cannot bring you peace. It only curses you. Deuteronomy chapter 27. Look at the 26th verse. It's the last verse of the chapter. Uh, It says, Cursed be he that confirmeth not all the words of this law to do them and all the people shall say amen if you look at verse starting at verse i think it's 15 cursed be the man verse 16 cursed be he cursed be he cursed be he cursed be he 17 18 19 uh 20 21 22 23 24 25 cursed be he And then the last verse, all the words of this law to do them. If you can't do every part of the law, guess what you're under? A curse. The law cannot bring you peace. It only brings you more cursing. It only curses you. Galatians chapter number three. Galatians chapter number three. Verse number ten. For as many as are of the works of the law are under... The curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do 
them. You want to get out from under the curse? Okay, keep everything that the law says. How's that going to work out? Not good, because you're going to quickly find out you can't keep it. Neither can I. Give kids a set of rules to follow. It won't be an hour until they break one. Fill in the blank. Give employees. Give. Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter what it is. Laws. It's been said or have been made to be broken. <laughs> James 2.10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point. The Bible says he is guilty of one point. No. He is guilty of what? All. That's rough stuff. But I've kept all of it except one, Lord. And you know what the Lord says? Not that you're guilty of that one point. He says you're guilty of all. You keep it all or you're sunk. You're cursed. The law cannot bring you peace. It only curses you. That's the first point. The law cannot bring you peace. What else can't the law do? The law cannot save you. Romans chapter number three. Romans chapter number three. The law cannot, will not, ever be able to save you. Romans chapter three, let's start at verse number 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall be no flesh, there shall no flesh be justified. That means to be declared righteous by God. And God cannot declare you righteous based on the law of Moses. The law, point number two, cannot make you righteous. Why cannot, why can't the law make you righteous? Why can't the law save you? Because you need a hundred percent what? Obedience to it. And you can't do it. And then it says, uh, verse number 20, shall no flesh be justified in his sight by the law's knowledge of sin. Maybe in the sight of other people, but not in the sight of God. And I want, I know I brought this distinction out before, but you might be able to justify yourself before friends or neighbors or coworkers or church members or the preacher or fill in the blank. But we're not talking about justification before men. We're talking about in his sight. In his sight, the law cannot make you righteous. Watch what it says. But now the righteousness of God, verse 21, without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all, and upon all them that believe. That's our message. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I want you to read yourself in verse number 23. If you would, just look at that verse one more time. And just put your name there. You've sinned and you've come short of the glory of God. Acts chapter number 13. Acts chapter 13. 
The law cannot bring you peace. The law cannot make you righteous or save you. Let's continue this thought in Acts 13. Look at verse 38. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things. Watch this. From which ye could not be justified. That is declared righteous before God. By the law of Moses. The law of Moses could never justify you. Look at verse 16. Uh, we have here just for some context. Look what it says. Then Paul stood up and beckoning with his hand said, Men of Israel. And ye that fear God, give audience. He's talking to men of Israel, that nation. Uh, it's in verse 17, the God of this people of, of where? Israel. Uh, chose our fathers and all people when they dwell strangers in the land of Egypt. With a high arm brought he them out of it. Uh, 23. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto who? Israel, Savior, Jesus. Verse 24, for some final context. When John had first preached before his coming, the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. God gave the nation of Israel what? The law of Moses. We find out in Acts chapter 13 that that law of Moses cannot make any, any Jew justified in the sight of God. We're going to unpack that a little bit later. But the law cannot make you righteous. Romans chapter number seven. Romans seven. The law cannot bring you peace. The law cannot make you righteous or save you. And the law, if you're a Christian, it's not the rule of your life. Look at Romans 7, verse number 1. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak of them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So then if, while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband is dead, she is free from that law. And that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. We've got a new husband, okay? Jesus Christ. It's the same thing. Let you. Ladies are bound by the law of their husband till their husband dies and she's free from the law. And we serve the law of Christ. We don't serve the law of Moses. It's a picture here. This wife, she's serving, she's cooking, she's cleaning, she's sweeping, she's doing laundry out of fear. From her husband. 
And that's a picture of the law. You're keeping this law. You're keeping this law. You're keeping this law out of fear. And it can't merit you anything. We don't serve the law of Moses. It doesn't rule. It doesn't rule the Christian's life. The lady's husband dies. She has a new husband now. And she cooks. And she cleans. And she sweeps. And she launders. And she's happy to do it. This time. Because her new husband. Is just so good to her. Her new husband just. Loves her. Her new husband cares for her. Her new husband will give his life for her. Look at what it says in verse number three of that chapter. So then while her husband liveth, she be married to another man. She shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Are you dead to the law? It's making the comparison as a wife to a deceased husband, you're dead to that law. You're dead to it. You don't serve that law of Moses. We're the bride of Christ. We serve the law of Christ. In 2 Corinthians 3, it talks about the law's administration of death. It calls it administration of condemnation. It says it's done away with. In other words, it's not a believer's rule of life. Now we serve through the spirit, not through our own strength. We serve through the spirit that Christ of Christ that's in us. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth where? In me and the life which I now live in the flesh. This current life that I'm living. I live by the faith. Of the son of God. Who loved me and gave himself. For me. We're the bride of Christ. You see that picture in Romans 7. Now we can serve. And we can do all of those things. Because we're grateful for the one who gave his life. For us. That makes sense. Makes sense. So we, we have the law. It cannot bring you peace. The law cannot make you righteous. And the law cannot and should not and will not be the rule of your life. Let's go back to Galatians, the book of Galatians, and let's look at the next thing the law cannot do. It cannot give you life. The law cannot give you life. Matter of fact, you can run all the Old Testament verses on the law and you won't find one Old Testament law verse that says if you do this, you'll get eternal life. If you don't do that, you'll get everlasting life. You won't find one. Amen. Galatians 3 verse 20. One. Is the law then Against the promises of God. God forbid. 
For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. You see that? There was never a law that was given that would grant you eternal life. Because if there was one, what would that mean? Righteousness should have been by the law. Okay, does that make it pretty easy? You know what the law could do? The law could govern your life here on earth. But it can't grant you life in heaven. Because one, we're talking about a carnal, physical, fleshly thing. And the law has its place to be able to restrain or keep in place carnal, fleshly men and women. But it can't do anything for your soul. If you're a parent or if you're a grandparent. And the kiddies are playing or whatever they're going to do. You're going to have laws for them. And that will help govern the home. <laughs> that will help keep granny's house from having things broken. That will help keep mama's kitchen from catching on fire. Those are laws that mama and granny made so that life can be governed in the home for the fleshly, sinful, carnal creature of a child. And it didn't do anything for their soul. You see the difference? The law cannot give your soul eternal life. It can only give your flesh governance here on earth. The law cannot make you right. The law cannot give you peace. The law is not the rule of your life. And the law cannot give you eternal life. Let's look what else the law can't do. We'll go to the book of Hebrews. We'll get the 10th chapter. Hebrews chapter number 10. The law cannot make you perfect. The law cannot make you perfect. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's start reading at verse number one. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. You see that? Year after year they come, can't make them perfect. Then would they not have ceased to be offered? Because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. What does Hebrews 10, the first four verses tell us? They came when? Year after year after year. they keep coming every year. 
Those animal sacrifices didn't take away sins. Because if they did, they don't have to show up one year. Come one year, okay, we're done. But that was not what they did. They came year after year. Why? To have their soul cleansed and their sins forgiven so they could be made righteous before God? No. They came year after year after year. Why? To worship God. To sacrifice to the Lord. It did nothing for their soul. They came to worship the Lord. They came to sacrifice to the Lord. And in doing that, they can walk away with some hope. If they thought it was going to cleanse their soul, number one, they would have done it once. That would have been it. And number two, if they tried to do that, they would have just walked away more guilty because it never took away their sins. Um, let's go. Everybody see that in Hebrews 10? Year after year after year. It's not going to make you perfect. Law can't do it. Go to Hebrews 7. Hebrews chapter number 7. Look at verse number 11. Hebrews 7 verse 11. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it, the people received the law. Part of the Levitical priesthood, what came with that was, very simply, you see it, the law. What further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? There was a need for something more than the Levitical priesthood. It's a better priest. It's a higher priest. And another order was needed. Why? Because the Levitical priesthood, verse number 11, for under it the people received the law. That priesthood was insufficient. So there needs to be another order. There needs to be something more than just the Levitical priesthood. Verse number 12. For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. Do you notice this is not in Hebrews 7? This is not an argument for the continuation of the Levitical priesthood. There's a change. There's a change that's needed, and it's a necessary change. Verse 13, for he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe to which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spank, spake nothing concerning priesthood. You know what we just read about here? You don't add Jesus Christ to the Levitical priesthood. You don't add Jesus Christ to 
the Levitical law. It's a completely different line, and it sprang out of the line of Judah. Does that make sense? All this Shintoism and all these isms that say, well, sure, that's great. You want to tell me about Jesus? I'll just add him up there on my, these missionaries that go to Japan and all these that are laden with this type of philosophy that says, fine, I'll accept it as long as I can put it up here with my line of idols, with my line of beliefs. Why not just add another one and be safe? You know, it's like, I mean, that's their thinking. You come and you tell them about Jesus Christ, they're not going to fight you. If they can add Jesus on top of the line of beliefs and idols and philosophies that they've already subscribed to. Let's just put another one up there just in case. But that's not what Hebrews 7 is saying. You don't add Jesus to the Levitical law. It's a complete changeover. It's a completely different line. It's completely separate. Everything comes down. Everything comes down. If you think you're saved and you're holding on to, well, I think I need to do some good works. Or you think you're saved because you added Jesus to whatever your family lineage is that you think that's going to get you some righteousness from God. You're as lost as a puppy dog on a rainy dark night. You just are. It's all got to come down. And it's only Jesus. Only Jesus. Sprang out of Judah. Verse 15. And it is yet far more evident. For that after the similitude of Melchizedek. There ariseth another priest. Who is made. Watch this. Not after the law of a carnal commandment. But after the power of an endless life. Carnal commandments do what? We talked about it earlier. Carnal commandments govern the carnal flesh. What does an endless life have to do with? An endless life has to do with your soul. Two polar opposites. And your soul is only going to be redeemed through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number 17. For he testified, thou art a priest for even after the order of Melchizedek. There is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. And here it is for the law made nothing perfect. That's the point we're on. The major point. What can't the law do? The law cannot make you perfect. It cannot. But the bringing in of a better hope did by the which we draw nigh unto God. Now, a couple of things here. First off. Um, oh, where is it? Verse 18. Uh, for, for there is verily a disannulling of the commandments. 
this is talking about law, not land. God made uh, an Abrahamic covenant. So this is talking about the law, not the land. Okay. It's not the Abrahamic covenant that's being spoken of here. Hebrews is talking about the soul, not the soil that was promised to Abraham. Okay. Understand the difference. We have the Abrahamic covenant and we have the law of Moses. And grace disannuls the law of Moses. Now, if you're a Hebrew, you've got the benefit of double dipping. You've got the land grant. If you're in that line, that's physical. But it, 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 and now if you trust in Jesus Christ and you're saved by grace, guess what you got? You got your soul in eternal uh, that's eternal life. Now we we can't do that. We're not we're not Jews. But this is talking about the soul, our soul. Okay. The Levites were a fleshly priesthood; couldn't do anything for your soul. The law we talked about it; it could govern your flesh and your body here on earth. But the commandments, when it talks about the commandments here, the disannulling of the commandments, the commandments couldn't do anything for your soul. That's why we see here, uh, look at verse number 18, disannulling the commandment going before for the weakness. Commandments are weak and unprofitableness thereof. There's no profit in them. It says, uh, look at verse number 19, bringing in of a better hope. There's no hope in them. There's no peace. There's no righteousness. There's no eternal life for your soul. There's no hope. Hebrews is a better it's Jesus Christ as better than. We talked about better than tabernacle. We talked about he's got a, he's a better hope. Okay, that's what I'm trying to get to. Better hope. Verse number 19, bringing in of a better hope did by the which we draw nigh unto God. Look at the beginning of verse 19. For the law made nothing perfect. The Old Testament law never did and never will save your soul. And if people kept the law in the Old Testament, it was a way to worship God and be granted physical blessings on the earth. Uh, well, he he fulfilled all of the law and disannulled it, and now you can come. You have, and in Hebrews, you have Jesus Christ. He's he's a better. So all those laws. Yeah. But when he set captivity captive, all those all those souls that died in faith in the Old Testament. Right. They didn't they didn't go to heaven, they went to paradise. They were in the care of Abraham's bosom. But yes, now Jesus Christ, the blood's been shed, he died on the cross, and and now and now Paradise now moved to heaven, and now all those all those souls that died in faith 
God saved them by grace. They put their faith in what God had revealed to them. We have it easy because we can turn to Acts and Romans and Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians and, you know, Hebrews and just go on down the line. Well, they didn't have that. What they had was what God had revealed to them. They believed God. Roll call of faith, Hebrews 11. It was counted for them for righteousness. So when they died, they still didn't have the, the, the shedding of the blood and what Christ did on the cross. Um, but 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 they didn't get there. They didn't go to paradise for any reason other than they put their faith in what God had revealed to them. And then God, by his grace, saved them. Jesus shows up. That's his name for humanity. Uh, so he shows up on earth and lives lives uh, a perfect sinless life and then dies, becomes the curse on the tree for us. And before he, he goes down and booms, he sets captivity captive. So that's where those Old Testament saints come in. Yeah, that's how those Old Testament saints come in. But them keeping the law didn't do anything for them other than it was a way to worship God, keep what he, the commandments he gave them, and it governed their life down on earth. When they believed by faith, God counted that for righteousness. They died, went to care of Abraham's bosom. After Christ rose from the dead, he set captivity captive. And now they can go into the presence of God the Father. So that's a quick rundown on that. If you do go to the website and look at the the, the sermon series there's on Jesus's activity from death to rising. We did a whole series on that last year. I think you find some some enjoyment uh, by going through that. But it made nothing perfect. And the last point that we're making is that the law cannot make you perfect. And that's why Hebrews 7 says. It cannot. Uh, for the law, verse 19, made nothing perfect, but the bringing in. Of a better hope did. By the which we draw nigh unto God. What's our better hope? Jesus Christ. And that's why we draw nigh unto him. He's our better hope. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.